Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What you need to know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Real quick, Sam Amick of The Athletic wrote this crazy awesome piece in The Athletic today about the Lakers, LeBron, the front office, Mark Jackson, all that stuff. He's going to join us at 630. Funchy's going to get him on the phone for us. But loud out, what do you got for what you need to know? All right, guys, I'm I'm going to do two. One really quick, okay, April 15th is around the corner, and don't wait like your girl to do your taxes because I was stuck there for three hours, and let me tell you, that is not fun. Oh, and no, I always get that game. stuff done in February, dude. Dude, I, I, waste, I, I totally forgot, totally forgot, but, yeah, yeah, don't do that. Anyways, April 15th. Well, especially when, if things are a little complicated. You have multiple jobs, right? I have two jobs, Yeah, yes. see, I got the same kind of issue. George, I don't know. If George you, has, like, ten. I know. You have, like, ten. Yeah, you know? and so it just becomes complicated. Yeah, it's, oh, it's a lot. So don't don't wait. But the actual what you need to know. So I talked about this way earlier when yeah. Portos said that they were going to bring a new location to Northridge. Well, it officially opened today at the across from the mall, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So if you guys were in the Northridge area, you guys are not going to have to you know come to Glendale, Burbank, because there's one in your town. That's what you guys need to know. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than ninety minutes from wherever you are. People love Cuban food, man. People stand in line for it. That's for sure. Oh, man. Their food is good. Look, I'm not going to disport those because, as y'all know, I brought it and I love it. But I will say, I will say that after trying Tropicana, because I wasn't, I mean, Portos has been the one that my family. Well, they've been around forever, yeah. You know? And there's more locations. Yes. Have you you had the cheese and guava? Uh, role. I mean, Funches, I grew up on that Dude, stuff. Yeah. That's literally like, I, yeah, like I, I, you, killed, you remember the line? I killed a dozen of those. Do, do you remember the line? <laughs> did you watch uh, the, the Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. You know, the Bane when he says, you merely uh, adopted the dark. I was born in it. Like, uh-huh. that's literally what I'm just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, what was that that you brought last time? So the, croquetas? I, I, yeah, croquetas. I thought. But from Tropicana. Okay, but what was? But what's in that, a croqueta? It's just a ground uh, ham. Yeah. I thought okay. it was a donut. Laura was like, yo, you want some of this? I'm like, I don't want a donut at 6 o'clock at night. And she's like, no, try it. I try it. I was like, oh, my God. It was like, remember the first time I ever had honey-baked ham? You got to understand. Oh, my I, God, I, so good. I grew up kosher. People wait in line for that stuff during yo, the holidays, oh, too. Yeah. That's Not crazy. Not during holidays. Dude, it's regular. Dude, I grew up kosher. There was no pork. There was no cheeseburgers. There was no steak on the table with a big glass of milk. Like, to me, that it's would make me throw right up. There. Yeah, like, it was gross to me. But I grew up kosher. Right. So, ham, nobody ate ham. Nobody ate bacon, mm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And when somebody turned me on to a honey-baked ham, it's a few years ago, I got over all the guilt. I was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever eaten. And I stood there <laughs> at this freaking honey-baked ham, okay. and I just kept picking at it it's all so night. Good, yeah. Honey-baked ham is delish. Sorry, Rabbi. I'm just telling you the way it is. No, it's so good. I rem- So the first time I had it, I used to <laughs> Like he's in- listening, right, Rabbi. Right, right. like Rabbi, I'm be. sorry. Yeah. He might be. But I had it when I used to work in Pasadena. And I was like, why is everybody literally on, like, what's happening? What, what is, what are they giving out? Because that's literally what it looks like from their line is that somebody is giving something out. Those croquetas are amazing. You know, now that we're talking about croquetas food. Are, and the I potato balls some. are good. Carne con papa. Yeah, yeah. so oh, good. I should have brought some. I brought some for DeMarco once. Mm-hmm. Dude, he's like, I don't know what this is. But it's amazing. Of course. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Cuban food is, I, I, so good. I, I have, I have joked with my wife 
I have said we should go and just find a little spot somewhere in like Torrance and like open up a 10 table Cuban restaurant. I'll like kidnap somebody's abuelita, like, you know, from Miami. And it would be, I mean, when I see the lines around the block for Tropicana and Porto, I'm like, bro. And it's it's not like super expensive food either. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's so it's because people always joke with me like people have tweeted me. Right. Or like a guy I remember a couple before COVID, like one of the listeners like, hey, I'm going to do my bachelor party in Miami. Where can I get? Really, a really fancy, great Cuban food. And I started laughing. I wrote it back. And there's no such thing as fancy Cuban <laughs> food, bro. Like, it's just, you can go to like a mom and pop little hole in the wall and it's fine. So, like, I have thought about it, but man, a restaurant is such a hard business. Oh, man. I know. Everybody wants to own a restaurant and like be the maitre d', like no, where you're just walking around shaking not. hands. But, yeah. dude, it's, it's a rough business. I had a little bit of a food breakdown earlier today, as a matter of fact. Um, I was driving up here, you know, and um, I was like, I haven't eaten anything. And I really want to eat, and I'm really hungry, and I kind of know what I want to eat, but I shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. What do you need? I stopped at Chick-fil-A. Oh. Mm. Mm. Now, if you were going to go to Chick-fil-A, what would you get? I'm not a big Chick-fil-A person. I mean, I'd probably get like a chicken sandwich or maybe like the chicken nuggets or something. Well, I got both. Oh. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Why are you trying to lose weight, bro? Yeah, I know. I got the eight-piece chicken nugget thingy. Because that's just eating the chicken by itself. You're, you're, you're on a diet, so you're not having two sandwiches where you're having four slices of bread. You're on a diet, so you're no, not grilled, fried, the real stuff here, um, the breaded, the fried, the carb, the, the bad yeah, for you kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I took my fat pills. Because they have the grilled you know, chicken nuggets. What? Yeah, then I took my fat pills. Yeah. What? That's what my 15-year-old daughter calls my cholesterol yeah. medication oh, and my blood pressure medication. Like, yeah. No, she's like, go take your fat pills, Dad. That's what she tells me. That's what they're called. And was it good? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, so good. What I'm sauce being... do you use? No sauce. I'm sauceless. No. I am sauceless. No. That's, that's no no-no. sauce. That's no-no. Do you use sauce at, at, at Chick-fil-A? Yes. Yes, I do. The Polynesian sauce. Okay. The best Polynesian sauce is yeah, good. Oh, my really? goodness. But why do I want to mess with it? I get, the chi- I get the spicy chicken deluxe, which has the pepper jack cheese, the lettuce, tomato. No, Not but, enough pickles. But like the nuggets. You, you dip the nuggets in the yeah, Polynesian sauce. Yeah, but I'm in my sauce. car. I'm driving. I'm eating while I'm driving. I mean, I'm you can't just. these little you, nuggets. Here's, you just can't put the little sauce thing inside the box where the nuggets are you just ask cap if he can multitask i mean I, listen i want to be safe Fair. while i'm driving <laughs> hey by the way i'm busy texting while i'm driving i don't have time to dip no. stuff are you doing that i can't dip sauce while I, i'm texting I'm and driving that for you i mean you know if you had a tesla that could drive by itself then maybe i'd say that's okay yeah, yeah. not yeah. good bro no i know bad what is wrong with you? Just use Siri. All right, my bad. I wasn't texting. I was lying. Might I was be. exaggerating. No, you weren't. You were you were totally telling I the truth. I was not texting. For once, you were telling the truth. I was not truth. texting. Yeah. I was tweeting. Uh, why don't you use Siri to text? <laughs> Seriously. I don't know. I don't know how to use it. I, I mean, we just taught you how to use Siri the other day. Hey, Siri, would you please wake up? Nothing. Oh, my hey, God. Siri. She hates me, too. She doesn't do it. Hey, Siri, come on here. I mean, geez. Nothing. She doesn't say anything. Just, you got to make sure that the phone is open. Oh, wait. And oh. then just say, hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. There you go. Hey, Siri. She did. She did the move. She made the move. She said, I'm not sure I understand. Hey, Siri, can you call Scott Kaplan? Hmm. Wait, I think my phone is is talking to me. (laughs) I don't know how to use it. (laughs) Hey, Siri, can you call Scott Kaplan, please? Tell you right now, George, you're talking to my phone. Scott Kaplan. There you go. Where's that coming from? Sedano's. I'm calling. You want to pick it up? <laughs> Hello? Let's see if I put you on speaker. How this yeah. works. Oh I'm putting God. you on speaker. Hello? Hello? Hi. Great Hi. radio guys. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? 
I mean, I'm doing a radio show. What are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. Good to hear from you, man. Yeah. Don't use Siri now. Okay, when you're driving instead of texting. Hey Siri, where's the Chick Fil A? I'm getting another. I'm getting another series of Chick Fil A. I think. I think I need to do it again. All right, I gotta go. I gotta finish this radio. All right, show. me too. I'll right. see you later. Right, bye bye. Where's social? <laughs> <laughs> They're gone. It's six o'clock. Are you serious? Overtime, people. Overtime. <laughs> hey, what's going on out in LA live? When I walked in today, did you guys see like there's there was... an event going on? Yeah, so what's cute? The little carousel back there. Oh, what's going on out there? But I want to know. Electric Daisy Carnival. I don't know no, what's happening. Kidding. Yeah, that's hardcore right there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There was a lot of security out there, and there were turnstiles, and I was looking at it like, yeah. I'm going into this thing as soon as we get off the air. I don't know what it is, and Are I don't you? have a ticket for it, but I'm going in. You're going to hug it out like you did with Magic? Like, I totally know whoever's no, Well, there. with security guys, I do things a little differently. I have a little couple different moves that oh, I do with do security the, guys. Oh, you do the slide with the money yeah. in? No, I, oh, no, 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 no. I don't do that. I, I, I usually, when I'm trying to do things with security guys, what I, I, I have a move that I make. Where I'll walk up to the security guys, and I'll say, like I'll be with my friends, you know, there are four, five, six people, right? And I'm like, come on, let's go to the VIP area. And like we don't have VIP tickets. Like come with me, right? And then I walk up to the security guy and I go, hey, all these people right here, they're all with me. Go ahead, everybody, go, go ahead. Go. All right, hey, good to see you, man. Goodbye. And I walk in. When you do that, the security guy is like, this guy knows what he's doing, mm. right? And so they just kind of let you go. No, bro, that's that doesn't work. No, that works. Yeah. No, it works. Works. Works everywhere. It's it's foolproof. No. I've used it everywhere. No. This thing no. works, I'm telling you. No. You guys are coming with me one day. I'll show you. <laughs> I don't want to get kicked out of anywhere. See all these people, so... they're all with me. Let them in. They'll no, probably no. see Sedan and be like, oh, yeah. No, no. I'm can. good. I uh, I will look, I I will watch you do that <laughs> and see how that goes for you. And he'll have his VIP ticket. <laughs> no, dude, you don't even understand. Like, I have done this before, and like people are like, come on, for real? I'm like, no, for real, watch. No, I mean, I'm sure there's some places you can get away with like, that. Like, if you're at a music festival, if you're at a music festival, like, I use this all the time at music festivals, and, like, there's a VIP area, you know? And so, like, the regular folks who got the regular tickets, so the ones that I got, they're all standing in line. But the VIP, you go around back. And then the VIP, they're like, okay, this guy, must he must know what's going on. And then you walk up and you go, hey, all these guys, they're all with me. They're with me. You know me. Come on. So they're with me. They all walk in, and then I follow. Mm-hmm. This is a good move. This move works. I do a different kind of move, and it usually works. What kind of move do you do? I just flash a smile, and, uh, you know, sometimes he just, that's it. Oh, really? I mean, oh, not the whole thing. I just saw that gesture. I just saw that. I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. Oh, you saw that? Right, and that's it. Yeah, it worked. Right, just saying, just saying, just mm. flash a smile. Okay, yeah, I do the same thing. I don't get in. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't ever do that stuff. I just like I buy the ticket that I'm supposed to buy. No, I talk my way into everything. No, well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. that that's what you do. Yeah. All right, listen. Coming up next, Sam Abick is going to join us at six thirty. We're going to talk to him about this insane Lakers story that he wrote in the Athletic about just kind of the future of the team, the coaching situation, the front office situation, LeBron, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, let's kind of dive into some of it on our end first uh, and give you some of the details, so that way when you listen to Sam at six thirty, you got an idea of where we're coming from. So we'll do that next. We're back in three minutes and fifteen seconds. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Oh, yeah. I need a girl to ride, ride, ride. I need a girl to make my wife funchy. 
Look at Fushy move, though. Look at him shake. Look at him get down. Yo, this song's dope. Oh, my love this it's song. Not just dope. Song. Not just dope. No, no, no. no. It's a little more. Yeah. It's beyond dope. Dope what? AF. AF. Yeah. AF. Do you have a. Do you know what song this is? This is the song. It's like. It goes like. It goes. I just sang it. Baby, baby, baby. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. Who oh. sings this? If you had to guess. Well, nobody's singing any words well, yet. Well, so. because it's the it's just the it's instrumental. instrumental. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Give me a hint. Um, famous, famous, famous producer. Okay. Uh, hip hop, obviously. Okay. All right. Kanye. It, no. Not no. Ye. No. 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 It's Ye, but no. Ye. Oh, it's no. Ye, not Ye. No, mm. not Ye. Yeah. Um. Okay. Go back a little further. Okay. In time. Dre. A little, one more time, one a time. little, a little closer. A little closer. You're in the middle now. You got to okay. get in the middle. All right. Uh, I don't know. Give me another hint. Famous producer. Give me more. Give me more. His first name is Sean in real life. Oh, Puff Daddy. Yeah. Diddy. P Diddy or Diddy. Yeah. I yeah. prefer Puffy. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. Yeah. I need a girl, man. I need a girl to ride. Ride, oh, ride. I need. There's I need a girl part one. Oh yeah, I got two. And I there's part right. two. That's right. That's well. That's part one. Do we got two? Oh, here's part two. Oh. I need a girl part See, now, two. Now, if I would have heard this, I would have gone puff. Yeah, for sure. I'm for, sure. Yes. Faux shizzle. But the first one's better than the second one. I the, think the so. The first one is good. Play the first one again for a second. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Got to you know, got to do the little. This reading. is not the kind of music that me and Key like. We like Bon Jovi. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Mm, mm, me and Key like Bon Jovi. See, this one is kind of like. Like a fun little daytime song, you know, you drive it in the car. A day a, party, a day. Yeah, party. this is like yeah. you're drinking rosé. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's it. A day party is perfect, right for sure. Um, and now and you're chilling, right? Sun's out, guns out. You know what I mean? Chilling, drinking. Now give me two again. Okay, okay. Give me Sorry, my bad. I know it's a lot of asking. Now this is like, uh oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. It, it, sun's coming down. Right, right. This is yeah. now, right, right. we're transitioning right yeah. now. Sun's coming down. Right. Yeah. And now, go get me the hard stuff. Right. You know? Right. We got to get down. From rosé to tequila mandala. mandala. There yeah. you go. Yes. Right. Exactly. Extrañejo. Let's see. Yes. How to treat a man. This is what I need. Uh. If you have to be with him, go ahead, mommy, breathe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, fun. Oh, no, you know what's song. funny is that Diddy has actually become became famous for doing what you just did. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I know both of these songs, so I'm, I'm gonna show my mic now. Jam. By the way, Diddy was great. What was the movie? Um, Get him to the Greek. Oh yeah, he was that, really good. He that. was hilarious <laughs> in, that, yes. in that movie. That's a funny movie. That you've that, seen it? I believe it or not. Right, what, I have to what's ask. The, what's what? the British guy's name? Um, Tall, skinny dude. Oh man, what's he was dating Katy Perry. Russell yeah. something, right? Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Yes, Russell Brand. yes. He's, he's very great. funny. He's very very funny, funny in that movie. Yeah, he's very funny. Uh, not so funny. Uh, and we're gonna have Sam Amick of the Athletic to talk about this in about ten minutes. Is kind of the situation with the Lakers. All right. So in this story, he kind of discusses all the potential hurdles, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he talked about Westbrook, which we've talked about at nauseum. But this stuff about the front office, I know you've been keyed in on the front office, okay? Well, you've been saying to me what you think they need to do is add more brains and brain yeah. power and yeah. opinions. To the think tank. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, so he was talking about, he, he kind of started writing in the story, and you read the story, uh, about how, you know, he, there was a part of the story where he's talking about LeBron and when he said, look, I, you know, basically, like, 
I don't make those decisions, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Sam says he may as, may as well have said, I just work here. I swear to you, it's yeah. so funny you're bringing this up because yeah. it's exactly where I stopped. Not that I didn't read the rest of it, but yeah. <laughs> right now, as I've got it pulled up, I'm like, mm-hmm. I love this line yeah. because it says to me that as the writer, you listen to what he said, yeah. but you didn't buy a, a second of it. Right. You were not buying what he was selling. Yeah. So um, Sam then adds, make no mistake, the messiness matters to James and every other Lakers employee who simply wishes they'd do better. But James most of all. So Sam emphasizes that the sloppiness potentially at times and the cutting corners at times of the operation has probably surprised him initially and still kind of is befuddling to him because you think of this, the Lakers, right? You think the Yankees, right? right? Like you think, and it's like, no, nah, it's a little small, smaller operation than most places. But what do you think LeBron is comparing it to? Is it his days in Miami or is it his days in Cleveland? Like well, does, I does... would say it's the days in Miami and the second stint in Cleveland. So let me just understand this, this because this is where... the second stint in Cleveland, he basically, I mean, he talked about it openly in an interview where he took the model that he learned from Pat Riley and that group and instituted in Cleveland. It's why the guys he brought in when he left Miami to go to Cleveland, who are the guys he brought over as role players to kind of help the culture? James Jones, who played with him in Miami, Mike Miller, who played with him in Miami. He tried to get Udonis Haslam to go to Cleveland with him. Uh, So yes, I think that that he is. And remember when they played Miami this year, he was fawning. Oh yeah, all over Eric Spolstra. Over Spolstra yep. and the structure, and you know the way that they do. And and we kind of looked. We we both kind of looked at that. And we're like, mm. at the time, we might have thought he was taking a shot at Frank Vogel. Right. But really, if we think about it now, he was probably more taking a shot at the Lakers organization. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I think that you know what what Sam gets to here is that basically any athlete of James's stature, especially at this stage of his career wants the organization to excel in winning in the margins, which is exactly what I said to you the other day. They have done a poor job in the margins. Now, part of that is on him, okay? However, not all of that is on him. And basically, what Sam is saying, and by the way, Sam has been very plugged into the Lakers over the years, okay? Uh, I know Jeannie Buss has done interviews with him and whatnot. Um, So that the lack of connectivity or continuity or whatever doesn't necessarily inspire confidence and he says that like lebron himself kind of subtly highlighted kind of the issues uh here is that control is is one that will continue to be the front and center as far as this particular pairing is concerned like they will be wrestling control perhaps from each other uh at times um and and what he he also adds like look LeBron has suggested a lot of things, which is what I told you. And he said he, he wanted Ty Lue. He wanted this. He wanted that. Right? Like he goes on to a list of yep. things that he wanted that he didn't get. Right. So he's like, you know, just because LeBron may want Mark Jackson, like Sam is reporting, it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to happen because he wanted Ty Lue. He wanted Jason Kidd before Frank Vogel um, and didn't get any of those things. And I've told you in the past, there are things they have told him no about. So I found it odd that when the Russell Westbrook thing came up that they didn't push back on that either. Right. Um, That is why I have been saying to you over and over again, I want to understand why Rob Palenka, who is an employee of the organization, is untouchable as if he's a member of the family. Because here's the one thing we know. Rob Palenka could be fired. Kurt Rambis and Linda Rambis could, in theory, be told, we don't need you anymore. 
But there's one person who will never be fired in this equation, and her name is Jeannie Buss because she owns the team. It's her family's business. So why is Rob so untouchable? And I'm not suggesting that I'm sitting Relationship, here and, man. Well, I know, but, but sometimes, George, when you have these tight-knit relationships and you think of loyalty as being a virtue, sometimes loyalty can actually cloud your judgment as to what are we trying to do and do we have the right people in place? Because I love this person. I'm loyal to this person. They mean a whole lot to me. But you know what? If I'm really, really thinking about winning, maybe we don't have the right people. But it's hard to make those kinds of adjustments and moves when you're theoretically pushing out your friends. Agreed. I, I, now, look, Jeannie did. She, I mean, she I'm not saying this literally, obviously, but she took out her brother. OK, he, but but that's family drama. You know what I mean? It wasn't just basketball drama. There was a there's a lot there. I agreed, but he was running basketball operations. And she, Kobe said, you know, like if you want LeBron to come here, like you probably you need to clean up that situation on the basketball side. But I think And what, she did. But I think what we're learning, and I don't and I'm I say learning because I don't think I really did know this, is that when LeBron came to the Lakers, you're probably right. He probably thought without doing a deep dive into the business operations, mm-hmm. he probably just thought, I'm LeBron. I'll get some other guys that I want to play with and we'll go win a championship because of what we do on the floor. Right. Whereas now I think he's realized that that it's it's bigger than just me being the best basketball player on the planet. Correct. Because I played my ass off this year, MVP level, and we didn't even make it to the play in. So there's an organizational issue here. Yeah. And I think what LeBron is getting at without saying it, and at least I think it's the way Sam is writing it, the way I'm receiving it is. The Lakers 2022 need to get hip with modern technology, Mm -hmm. whereas they're kind of being run the way I look at winning time. You know, I I see they're they're kind of being run in the old school way, the analog way, the the handwritten paper and pencil way, whereas they're not being run today, digital, high def, computerized technology. That's the way I read all of this. Yeah, and look, Sam adds this, and we're going to talk to him in a couple minutes. Uh, He adds this in the story, which I thought was fascinating. Uh, He, as in LeBron, knows that the team would be better off by bolstering the basketball operations infrastructure, changing the well-deserved narrative that they run like a mom-and-pop shop by adding experienced executives to work alongside President of Basketball Operations Palinka, who continues to have Jeannie's support, and his right-hand man, Kurt Rambis, who also is expected to remain as a divisive and extremely influential that word, presence. That word right there, divisive. That's something I want to dig into well, Let me let me, let me continue. Yeah. This is a Lakers front office that inspires a deep distrust and frustration in many of its rival front office executives and agents, which means they don't feel like they can get a deal done with them uh, because of their situation, and agents feel like it's tough to get deals done because of this situation as well. Again, this is Sam's reporting, not mine. Um, a reality that doesn't bode well for roster improvement in this desperate time. So we're going to talk to Sam. We're going to be back in two minutes and 15 seconds. Sam Amick, the author of the story in The Athletic, will join us next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Who sings this? You'll never guess this. If you didn't get Diddy, you are not getting this. Come on, give me a hint. I can't really give you yeah, a hint. We can't I don't think there'll be anything that I can give you that you'll know. Mm. Try me. <sighs> is this all instrumental as well? No, this one is instrumental. Yeah, yeah. she's playing the inter- instrumental version. I'm trying to think uh, what I could say to you that yeah. would actually trigger yeah. something. Uh, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh, no. Mm. No. <laughs> was he like in a? I'm trying to think. Of, was he in a movie? So or he was a he was a big part of the soundtrack for a barbershop. Oh, he was, but Cap didn't see barbershop. For no. So it's fabulous. All right, holla back, youngin. Wait, the the, the artist's name is fabulous. Yeah. Oh, no chance. Yeah, yeah no yeah. chance. That's what I'm saying. All right. Speaking of fabulous, fabulous writing by our friend Sam Amick of the Athletic, who joins us here now. Give me one second. Pull him up. There he is, Sam. Thank you so much for joining us, brother. Good to talk to you. George, Scott, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, what's up, man? It was great to actually, Scott, I actually saw Sam in person at the arena just a couple of weeks ago. I feel like, well, it literally probably had been years since I'd seen you, Sam. I know. It was way too brief that we got to say hello, hanging with my guy, Sean Strania, little athletic uh, powwow, but it was great to see you. Yeah, it was for sure. And this stuff you wrote was fantastic, as always. Uh, So, again, thanks for joining us. So, uh, look, Scott, I know you have a million questions. So, I'm going to let – I'm going to – because I don't want to hog all your time, Sam. I can talk (laughs) to you whenever when I see you at a game. Scott has a lot of questions about this story. Go ahead. I'll start off with this. The one word that really caught me – and, by the way, I don't know how long this article was, but it was long. And so – the one word that's jumped out at me was divisive. Would you just jump into the Lakers front office and, and in particular, Kurt Rambis as a divisive figure? I think it's been an underreported story this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of the uh, the dynamic is such that internally and then around the league, I, I think Kurt and like always, it's not nothing personal here, but he is. Personality-wise, resume-wise, style-wise, uh, somebody who who uh, has folks who love him and folks who don't love him. And I think that one, some of the internal stuff is just the idea that, you know, and I've learned this across the league, that people of influence or just people who work for teams, they don't always love it when there's not a ton of transparency about who has the juice. You know what I mean? And with Kurt – over the course of the past couple of years, and this is my opinion, it just it feels like they kind of snuck him in the back door. And before you knew it, it was like, oh, Kurt's a big part of this again. And, oh, he's as influential really as, as Rob Palenka. And, you know, and he's got, you know, uh, a very close, long relationship with Judy Buss, of course. And, and, uh, and so you kind of see the dynamics. But um, then 
I mean, you know, then you, you take that profile and you say, okay, well, how did that jive with the coaching staff? Well, I don't think it landed very well at all. I think they felt like they were, um, like he was always kind of lurking and, and watching what they were doing. And even though, you know, it's been well established, Kurt had a lot to do with Frank getting hired. Kurt and Phil Jackson both had given kind of a thumbs up to the Frank Vogel hire in the beginning, but, but it, it was uncomfortable um, for the, in my opinion, for the vast entirety of, of last season. Well, that leads me to another word that you use in this piece, and that is dysfunction. So when you talk about Rambis kind of looking over Vogel's shoulder, so now you're the head coach and you're like, what, would they send down a spy here to go walk upstairs? So to me, divisive was an interesting word that stuck out. And now I think we're all learning about Laker dysfunction. Can you jump into that? Um, I think that, I don't know where to begin with that one. I, I know, just right? think for one, well, I just, you know, today's NBA is different and, you know, this is kind of low-hanging fruit, but if you compare the Lakers and the Clippers, you know, the Clippers are owned by a guy who's in the top 10, you know, on the Forbes list in the entire planet of of wealth. And as you guys know, with the NBA, you know, paying front office people, paying scouts, paying those types of folks, that is, it's kind of a workaround to the salary cap because that's not part of, you know, the CBA restrictions. You, You kind of have a blank check when it comes to, if you want five GMs in your front office, go ahead. If you want to pay for them, you know, and the Clippers have like this very deep, you know, collaborative kind of front Uh-oh. department and staffing wise, they have it all over the Lakers, in my opinion. And, and the Lakers, they're just very much run like they used to be run where and it's not just the product of, I really truly don't think it's simply a financial decision. I think part of it is, that the last couple of years, if you look at the Magic Johnson experience, when it got so messy with the way Magic left the franchise, there was kind of this sense of let's let's hunker down and have the circle be tight and then tighten this thing up. And to their credit, they won the damn championship. So that part you, you can never take away from them. But I remember people saying when they won the title, like, you know, it doesn't mean these these issues disappeared, but winning does mask everything. And it took a little while, but, you know, now that they are struggling again, some of this stuff came to the surface. Sam Amick of The Athletic joining us here does a phenomenal job. If you haven't read the story, make sure you check it out. Uh, support The Athletic, support journalism. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. I'm a big fan of supporting uh, journalism across the board, The Athletic, LA Times, whatever your local newspaper is. Uh, so, Sam, let me ask you about the LeBron aspect of this because, you know, it felt like, and maybe, maybe this is an educated guess on your part or just even perhaps speculation, so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, you know, you mentioned that in Cleveland, he kind of held Dan Gilbert's feet to the fire in a lot of ways by signing these one-year deals. Uh, you know, he's potentially someone who can sign an extension in August, which is two years, I believe, $96, 97000000 million. Do you believe that LeBron could potentially go that route with the Lakers? I do. I don't, you know, I'm probably leaning that direction by no means am I saying, you know, that's the plan. I don't think he knows at this point. Um, but there, you know, a lot of the intel that, that I gleaned was the sense of, you know, it's, I use the expression reading the room, that he's he's deciding yet again, what do I think of uh, owner, everything from ownership on down, ownership, front office, the new coach, who's that going to be? My teammates, you know, are we trading Westbrook? Are we making it work with Westbrook? Are we finding new talent? 
Do we have some, some kind of winning on the margins that we can do with role players that come out of nowhere? Are we going to re-sign Malik Monk somehow? Things like that. And, and if you're reading the room, here's where I'm at is if they, I think he's hundred percent all in for next season. He's going to come back, try to play great spirit is going to be good. But if, if I'm him, I'm hesitant to sign a two-year extension because what if it's a disaster next year as well? I think at this stage, at this age, uh, especially considering let's assume that he breaks the all-time scoring record next season. So you check that box, and if, if you then look up and you're missing the playoffs again, it, if I'm in his shoes, it's going to be tough to not feel like, like, what am I doing here? I know L.A. is great, but I'm just wasting away at the end of my NBA career. And if you do a two-year extension, and if things are in a bad place, then guess what? You're either stuck or you have the messiness of trying to force a trade. So um, we've seen this playbook from him before. Um, it's different, though, because while he, you know, he had a great year this year, but yet again, missed a lot of games for health reasons. That's been the case the last couple of years. So, you know, this is not the, like, no-brainer, long-term max salary contract player that he used to be. Uh, he's, he still is a max player, but, you know, that, that time is going to come to an end at some point. But I think it just makes too much sense, to be honest with you, to start going short-term again. Sam, I feel like so much of your piece today was about control. Um, What LeBron controls versus what ownership or organization controls. Let me ask you, if the Lakers decided to say, okay, LeBron, um, you're right. We should add some bodies and some brains and some eyes and some other things to this front office. Is is it then expected that LeBron is going to say, hire this guy, this guy, and this guy? Because then again, it, it comes back to control, right? Is LeBron going to say you should do these things, but then here's who you should do them with? Right, right. Um, honestly, at All-Star Weekend, this is just me talking, and I don't want to oversimplify, but, man, like after he sent, you know, the tweet about Les Need, the Rams GM, and F them picks, and after he praised Sam Presti, and after he told, you know, uh, our guy Jason Lloyd that he thought about coming back to Cleveland, it felt like he was flexing, right? And then what happened? They had a meeting with, Rich Paul and Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka. And then you had public statements about how we have no problem with the Lakers. And, and it just felt like every like not that he got checked, but it was some version of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I think that the feeling is, and I think honestly the reason he does like the Lakers is that up top that, you know, like any owner, there's a lot you can say about Jeannie Buss that you can criticize, scrutinize, all those things. She does have a fantastic track record of, of, caring if star players are happy and with LeBron I think that matters where that's the spirit of it and that's part of what their discussion was in their meeting that they had with Rich Paul and that group was how is he if there's frustration what is it and addressing it but it's not going to reach the point of uh, okay here's the keys to the car who do you want us to hire Uh, and, and the Westbrook trade is an exception LeBron wanted it they went with it they said no to the Kings but he healed state in Sacramento you know, so there are exceptions, but he doesn't always get his way with this franchise at all. I mean, I wrote it. They, he would have had Ty Lue be the coach. He would have had Jason Kidd take over for Vogel at some point, and, and neither of those things happen. So, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. So, you know, you mentioned the stuff about Mark Jackson and that, you know, it would be someone LeBron would be interested in having as the head coach. What do you make of the chances of that coming to fruition? Don't have a great feel for it yet. They're very early in the process. They're, they're kind of in that stage of, you know, qualities, traits, 
what kind of list are we putting together here? I think they're going to take their time. I think, like always, there's going to be, you know, whether it's a Doc Rivers or somebody else, you're going to have coaches who are in the playoffs that you, that you have timing components uh, in terms of them being busy with the jobs they currently have. Is, you know, are certain guys going to get fired? Um, so I think it'll take a while. Mark in particular, um, I just think he's a, he's in a really interesting place because it's now been quite some time since he was a head coach. But I feel like little by little, his influence in the star player community has grown. And he's got a, a you know a, a massive stage when he's you know sitting on that ESPN platform, George. I mean, he's no Sedano, but uh, right. <laughs> he, he is uh, no Sedano. Let's know. be sure about that. Listen, he's got yeah. he's got a catchphrase that I wish I could have made up in uh, hand down, man down that everybody in the no NBA doubt. repeats. So. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Not to get too melancholy, man. You're giving me a. A flashback. Mark told me a story one time. The, the, the last interaction he had with Kobe uh, was he was Kobe was with Gianna, and and Gianna looked at Mark and recognized him and, and kind of looked at her dad and said, "Is, is this the hand down man down guy?" <laughs> yeah, that's him. You know. So I mean, Mark in with on that platform and the way that he analyzes the game and the relationships that he has maintained with the players in today's game, it, it does feel like it's definitely not just LeBron who, you know, I think would give a big thumbs up to being coached by him. They're, the Warriors kind of still rock with him. If you talk to them, um, you know, his reputation with the players is, is in a really good place. I think my favorite part of the piece, though, today, and by the way, really, I just really enjoy the way you write, man. It's very conversational. It's very easy to follow. You got a gift. You're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, You're he's been doing bad. it for a minute. It's you not got, like he's some hey, young buck hey, here. not I mean, bad. Not bad for your first article here, yeah, Sam. Yeah, I mean, not, not bad. No, but my, one of my favorite things, though, was, when when LeBron is talking and he actually calls you by name, and then as he's kind of talking about, well, I just I just sort of work here. That's the way you put it. Like he might as well have said, "I just work here," because he was pretty much saying, "I don't make any decisions." But none of us really seem to buy that. Yeah, I did enjoy the whole thing because he takes you. It was very humanizing and very relatable because he, you know, his morning, uh, you know, you take away the, the nearly a billion dollars in wealth, and, and his mornings are the same as mine. Right. Uh, yeah, you take Wake your, your kid, kid to school right. and yeah, you know, and then, so that was his point was cause I had asked him specifically, like, did you have any problem with the way that franchise handled the Vogel news? And even the idea that he was talking to the media at a time when the, they had not actually officially announced that Frank had been fired, um, you know, potentially putting LeBron in a uncomfortable spot. So he, played it cool and said you know essentially again i just work here but i mean that that part admittedly guys that, that part of today's nba does kind of drive me crazy and it's not just lebron it's all the guys like i just wish we could start getting some real candor publicly from these players like nobody's judging the fact that you have a lot of juice but let's stop pretending you know what i mean like in these press conferences if it's james harden like Oh, did you pull the lever on this trade and, and say something here? Oh no, I don't. You know, I just work here, and they don't want the accountability. Which I, I think that part's got to evolve. Like, like we all know how this thing works. We all know that, from you know, stars of LeBron's caliber, guys like that, they have a very important say, and and that's okay. But it, it does crack me up that a lot of times they end up trying to pretend that's not the case. Yeah. Sam Amick of the Athletic joining us here. Uh, one last question for you. With Russell Westbrook, there's, I guess, opinions all over the board about 
whether he stays, whether they stick with him, uh, or they just move him. I don't think he did himself any favors if he wanted to stay after his press conference uh, the other day. Uh, How do you see that potentially playing out? Um, I would, I mean, I'll handicap a trade. Um, You know, the Lakers have got to find a way to not, uh, you know, empty the cabinet in terms of assets just to get off the contract. I mean, that's so short-sighted that, that would be my concern if I was Rob Palenka is that um, just to get off this $47 million deal and, and create some room for one year, you know, you, you can't lose, you know, your 2027, 2029 first round pick. Um, but I do think that he'll get moved. You know, the teams and agents that I've talked to kind of feel like, yeah, it's imperfect, but like, because it's expiring, you can find a home for it. So you know, I mentioned Charlotte, Indiana. You hear the New York stuff, the sense I got from the Knicks, that that would surprise me. The Oklahoma City gets thrown about, that would definitely surprise me. Um, so I don't know where it's going to be, but it did feel like, to your point, George, about Russ's press conference, it felt like, man, if he was going to speak his truth like he did, then the next step logically is for the team to get with the agent and just figure out, away for the two sides to part, you know, amicably or as amicably as possible. Cause that was, you know, that was him kind of taking some shots on the way out conceivably. Boy, what a disaster at the end of all of this, you know, like what a disaster, because remember when Russ first got here, everybody was like, Oh, he's home. UCLA kid, kid with the high school here. George, you talked earlier today about how Russ told the story about going to the Kobe Shaq parades when he was nine years old. He's got right. school. Yeah. Right. So, so it was, it was at the time, a feel-good story. And what I find fascinating, just at the end, this has nothing really to do with what you wrote today, Sam, is how the Laker fans have completely turned, especially after what Westbrook said yesterday. Like, the hardest core of Laker fans are like, get out. They want him gone. Right. There's no more right. love for yeah. Brody. Yep. And it's, you know, I know we live in the what-if business and the armchair quarterbacking business, but it is pretty wild to think back considering the year DeMar DeRozan had, like what if they pulled off that scenario, which which was something that they could have gotten done, you know, um, but they, they went the Westbrook route. Um, you know, I, I had got it. I got to own it. I thought it would work yep. in the beginning. I thought it would be a little clunky, but I thought they'd get it there. And then LeBron's a absolutely brilliant basketball mind. So when you heard that he wanted it, it made some sense just because of his track record. But, you know, obviously it's just a train wreck. Yeah, listen, I'm with you. Uh, uh, although I did, uh, <laughs> I did basically did I did a mea culpa, Sam. Eight games into the season, I started this show saying I have made a huge mistake thinking this team can win a championship. And I, I look, I, I, the fans <laughs> called in and they were calling me an alarmist, and I'm like, yeah. Nah, man, I watched a lot of basketball. I have never seen someone not jive with LeBron on the floor the way that this isn't going to work and. It just, yeah, it was a mess. Like, and I think it was a mess the whole season. I feel bad for Frank. Like, I really don't think Frank. Um, I don't think I, he was the fall guy, but I don't think he deserved to be the fall guy. Well, and it was weirdly reaffirming of the, you know, I mean, whether it's media types or just fans on their couch, some of this stuff is not that hard to analyze. Uh, to to read Bill Orem, our Lakers beat writer, quoting Frank Vogel recently and talk, him talking about how he was worried in the preseason and you're thinking to yourself like, wait, I thought you guys always said preseason didn't matter. And he's admitting like, Oh no, it was ugly. And I didn't like how it looked. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, Frank had the red flags waving in his mind uh, before the regular season even hit. So, 
Um, it, it's up there. I mean, we have these debates about kind of most infamous, ill-fated teams in, in league history. I think this one is on the short list. Yeah, no question about it. Sam Amick does a phenomenal job covering the NBA. Check out his work at The Athletic. Thanks, brother. Appreciate the time as always. You got it, guys. Have a great night. Thanks for having me. Great appearance, right, man. Sam. You too. Take care. Nice work out of you. Good. Uh, great stuff. We got a break. We're going to be back in a minute and 45 seconds, and we'll, we'll discuss our conversation with Sam next. Thank you, Christopher. All right. Uh, real quick, before we get to Big Deal or No Deal, Sam was great as we expected. He really is good. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the first time you've spoken to him? No, I think he's been on with us before. Um... But the way he writes, very smooth and easy to Unbelievably read. talented. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. Yeah. Enjoy him. All right, so Funchy, we got about four minutes here. What do you got? All right, guys. In Japan last week, 20-year-old pitching phenom Roki Sasaki had a perfect game. Maybe the greatest perfect game anyone's ever had in their whole life. He struck out 19 out of 27 batters in just 105 pitches. Now, he did this in the Nippon Japanese Baseball League, which is considered one of the best after the MLB. Now, even though he didn't happen in big leagues, is this a big deal or no deal? Oh, man. Uh, yes, that number is a huge deal. I don't care what league. You could be doing it in, like, uh, you know, the pony league for yeah, all really. I care. You know what I mean? Seriously, anybody who can pitch like that in any game, if you told me that a high school kid did that, that's a big deal. You know? So that's – and listen, I think, I think with Otani, and we've seen lots of players come from around the world, but with Otani becoming the star that he is – I think we're going to see more internationals, um, not, and I'm talking Asian countries, you know, not just South American-type countries. And I also think this. Tell me what you think, George. I think eventually we will start seeing players who are pitchers and hitters, not just pitchers any longer. Mm-hmm. I think that's coming because of Otani. Yeah, I will, oh, I agree. I will bet my life savings in a few years we'll see this guy in the big leagues. This guy right here, because he's 20 years old, you said, he right? He's 20 years yeah. old. Yeah. Yes, he's going he's gonna to be like a Yankee or Dodger, and they're yeah. going to pay him like $200 million or something. Yeah, the Dodgers won't, won't uh, you know, they won't, they had could have been on Otani. Now, Otani took the Angels, I think, because, you know, I guess the rumor was the Dodgers weren't keen on him doing both, mm. and the Angels were like, yeah, bro, do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Plus, at the time, an American League team where he could DH, you know. Whereas now he could Fair. do that. Now, he now do you do that in the National League. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, one more, Funchy. Go ahead. All right, so bad news if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan. Steve Nash did in his presser today before the Nets and Cavs playing game, which the Nets won. Even though Ben Simmons is seen, seen shooting around and blah, 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 he still hasn't ran any sprints and is just participating in one versus zero workouts, which I've never heard of. One versus zero? Is that just like It's just like around? coaches and guys okay. with the ball, the ball okay. boys, yeah. Okay, yeah. big deal or no deal for the Nets if Simmons can't go? Oh, big deal. They can't win a championship without him, I don't think. I, it just too, it's too hard. If you look at their path, they just beat Cleveland. They're going to have to play Boston. Yes, Robert Williams isn't there, but still, that's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown who have been to an Eastern Conference Finals before. Marcus Smart as well, obviously, can be a guy you can put on Kyrie. So that's tough. Let's say they get past that. Then they'd have to play Milwaukee probably in the second round, the defending champions. And let's say they get past them, then they'd probably still have to face the number one seeded Miami Heat in the conference finals. That's just too hard a gauntlet. I'm going the opposite direction, and I'm saying no deal, and here's why. He hasn't played. You don't know what he is. You don't know how he fits. You don't understand if he really gets what they do. Talented player, but not a system guy yet. So I have no expectation for Ben Simmons to do anything. Yeah. Uh, I get that. But I still think it's a big deal because I think the notion was you made that deal to have him with you yep. on a championship Remember run. when he got traded and everybody was like, oh, yeah, so he's going to play right away. He, the only reason he wasn't playing is because he didn't want to play for Philadelphia. 
And people were like immediately like, oh, he'll play right away. You'll see. He doesn't have any mental health related issues as soon as he gets onto a new team. And look, he hasn't played. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there are people, I, I think there's a combination of two things. I do think mental health issues can affect your physical health. 100%. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And uh, look, I've covered a lot of his games over the years, and he's had back issues in the past. I have done games where his back is locked up and he's had to exit the game. Like, that's been an ongoing thing for him. And I, I just hope for his sake that it's not something more detrimental because backs are obviously, I mean, look, you played professional, you played professional sports for a cup of coffee, but you played big time college football. Like backs are tricky, man. Oh, dude. Real tricky. So I just don't have any expectations that he's going to come back and do anything. Yeah. I mean, let's just say he came back, right? Right. You think he walks in? He's like, no, he's in 20 great minutes, shape. 20 minute game. That's all. That's what you're expecting. You're expecting 15, 20 minutes, but 15 or 20 minutes for that team yeah. is all you may need from him at least right now. All right, we're done here. Excellent work, Scott Kaplan. Hey, I'm so glad we all got together. It was great to have Key in studio yeah. on, you know, live. Key, Key Sedano and Cap today. It, it was great. He yeah. allowed us to be part of the show. Like, yes. he allowed Max to join his show. Yes, correct. Uh, excellent work, Funchy, filling in for Lindsay today. And Laura, excellent work as always. All right, we're done here. We'll be back mañana at 4 o'clock after Mason in Ireland. So make sure you tune in. We will talk to you then. See you.